You're listening to the Blended Family Podcast, a weekly show with a strong focus on strategies and methods to help your family thrive. Blended families face many difficulties and challenges, which can sometimes drive families apart. The goal of this podcast is to help your blended family grow together through these challenges to create the peaceful and loving home you desire. Here is your host, Melissa. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. This is episode number 131. Today I'm bringing you an interview with an expert on anxiety. I'm pretty certain everyone knows what anxiety is, and if you do not suffer from it, I'm sure you know someone who does. And I'm sure we can all agree that being part of a blended family can cause anxiety in itself. So my guest is going to help us with that today. She's going to explain what it is and why it's so prevalent today. We're also going to talk about our children and their anxiety. Plus, at the end, she's going to take us through an exercise that helps alleviate anxiety. So I think you will find a lot of value in today's show. I do have a giveaway today for you first. I'm giving away an adult Good Vibes coloring book instead of pencils. Coloring seems to be the thing these days, and I will tell you that I enjoy doing it, especially when I feel anxious and stressed, which is why I thought it would be a great giveaway for today. So the lucky winner is Katie Robinson over at ktjane70 at yahoo.com. Katie, I will be emailing you so that I can get that out to you right away. Remember, if you want a chance to win one of my giveaways, you just have to be part of my list. It's free, and I only send out one newsletter a month. You can join at blendedfamilypodcast.com forward slash subscribe. Before we get to the interview, I did want to address something that I've addressed before, and that is some negativity that I see popping up here and there in the Facebook group. I'm talking about the private Facebook group over at blendedfamilypodcast.com forward slash group. By the way, I just recently noticed that one of the settings was off, which was allowing you all to add people to the group. And I did change that back to the option where I have to approve members. Reason being, I've had some people try to pop in there who want to sell or troll around. I appreciate you adding people that you know, and you can continue to invite others. I want you to do that. I just want to approve them first. Just want to keep that a safe place for everybody. Anyway, back to the negativity. There is not much of it that I see at all, but occasionally I do see the comments pop up. And many people I know look at me and think that I'm just too positive, if there is such a thing. But I know I'm always spinning things in a positive way, or I'm always pushing for hope in a hopeless situation. And I know not everyone is like me, and that's okay. I still want to point out that it's important to not let your own history frame your future or anyone else's. In other words, if you have had a very negative experience, that doesn't mean that will happen again to you. And it doesn't mean that it will be someone else's experience. And I just want you to all keep that in mind when giving advice. Everyone is on their own journey, so please feel free to give advice, but try not to add your own negative spin on it. That's all. I'm not complaining. In fact, we have one of the most positive groups that I've ever seen, and I want to thank you all for helping me to create such a peaceful and accepting environment. All right, so let's just go ahead and jump into the interview now. I hope you guys enjoy. (laughs) 
I am here with Stephanie Delfonso. Stephanie's first career was as Stevie Knox, one of South Florida's most popular radio DJs during the 80s and early 90s. Shifting careers as she raised her children, she delved into the healing arts. Over 20 years later, Stephanie is now a speaker, spiritual healer and coach, yoga teacher, and certified hypnotist, among other things, sharing inspirational empowerment with simple action steps. Stephanie empowers women to move from anxiety, fear, stress, and despair to freedom, peace of mind, and joy in their lives. She has freed thousands of people from ages 8 to 82 from their fears, stress, and anxiety. Welcome to the show, Stephanie. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Melissa. I'm so happy to be here. I really do appreciate this opportunity. Of course, and I'm really happy to have you here today to talk about anxiety, which is something I have struggled with in my own life. Plus, growing up, I've seen most everyone in my family struggle with it as well. And I know many of my listeners deal with anxiety, which is common when dealing with divorce, blended families, and raising children in general. So Mm -hmm. we have a lot to cover today. But first, (laughs) before we get started, please share with my audience a little bit about yourself and what brought you to this line of work. Okay, so uh, the change from radio DJ to spiritual healer and coach came about from my own issues with, I didn't realize it at the time, stress, anxiety. I did realize the insomnia piece. When I did my last radio show, it was the morning show, and my kids were still little, my son was still in diapers, and I was getting up at 3.30 in the morning. And so, you know, that's really going to throw your, your rhythms off, and again, I didn't recognize the stress an anxiety piece at that point. So um, when I ended my uh, my last job on the radio, I had horrendous insomnia. So I did what most people do. I went to the doctor. The doctor said, hey, you have insomnia. Here's a prescription. Trotted off to the drugstore, got the pills, and they worked for a short time. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't work anymore. And that threw me into even more stress and anxiety, even worse insomnia. So, you know, this is in the middle 90s. Um, so like, you know, 20 some years ago. And I happened to be on a teleclass, which that was cutting edge technology back then. Like, whoa, I could attend a conference on the phone. And here's this Stanford trained engineer, Gary Craig, talking about emotional freedom techniques. This thing where you tap on different parts of your body. It's like acupuncture without the needles. I was desperate. So I was like, all right, let me try it. And it worked. I I learned how to sleep again. So now I'm a stay-at-home mom. I'm using this. I'm I'm recognizing, okay, yeah, you know what? I am a little stressed. I am pretty anxious. So I'm using this on myself and feeling the results. And I'm I'm trying to tell people about it. And I'm a stay-at-home mom. Their eyes are glazing over like, (laughs) What? Yeah, okay. So so then we had a cross-country move. I was following my husband's career, and we moved from uh, Oregon to Connecticut. And when we landed here, um, we found out he needed a liver transplant. And so now I'm a young mom with two small kids. I have the very real possibility that my husband's going to die, and I have no way to support us. So... Talk about stress and anxiety. I was like, oh my God. So I realized I could go to coaching school because it was mainly over the phone and over the internet. And thank God I already knew EFT. 
because my husband almost died 12 to 15 times before, thankfully, thank you, God, he had a successful transplant. But the stress and anxiety of going through that was I mean, I look back on it now and I think, wow, I can't believe I made it through that. So that, you know, the experience of my own stress and anxiety opened up the door. And then when it was time for me to say, okay, I need a new career. What can I do? It was so clear that it was, all right, I know what this suffering is like, Mm. and I know how good it feels to be able to overcome that. And so that's really been my mission is, you know, we all have these challenging experiences through our lives. For me, it was, you know, a major medical crisis with my husband. Um, For most of your listeners, it's a major challenge of blending a family together. And yet, Melissa, the thing that I think is like so frustrating for me is we are not taught coping skills. Absolutely. You know, and it's funny that you say that because I look at my kids all the time and they seem like they can't deal with any stress whatsoever. And I wonder how much of that has to do with us as parents, you know, um, you know, because I mean, I try to model like learning how to deal with things, you know, for them. But for some reason with this generation of kids coming up, it just seems like the slightest little thing sends them into a tailspin. And you're right. Nobody is teaching. That's not something that they teach at school. It's something that we really need to teach them at home. But a lot of us adults don't even know how to deal with it. So how are we supposed to teach our kids? Right. Because we as adults were not taught this. Um, You know, I came from a very anxious family as well. And and um, so um, things when I was growing up, I'm in my mid-50s now. So when I was growing up, things were not nearly as stressful. But boy, oh boy, my mother was the poster child for anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so I took some of that on. And I now understand as a practitioner and you know, from working with so many people that we, we are able to, we're like little sponges and we we take that on, not on a conscious level, but we take that on. And then we don't, we're not taught how to deal with it. So it's like, you know, a dog chasing its tail. So then my kids who are older than yours, um, my kids were the generation where technology came in. And I remember, um, Oh my God, it had to be like uh, over 20 years ago when I saw a neighborhood kid down the street who had one of the very first handheld games. And I saw that he wasn't interacting with the other kids. And I was like, oh, that doesn't look right. And so I've gotten to see through my kids' lives how technology has really, you know, come to the forefront and how much it is adding stress and anxiety to our children. Absolutely. So, oh, go ahead. Did you have another thought? I was just going to say they're plugged in all the time. The latest research that I read recently was that kids are on screen nine hours a day, not counting homework. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I see that. I see that in my own house, you know, and everywhere I go, everywhere I look. Now, most people have heard the word anxiety and have an idea of what it is. But for those who may not know, can you address what anxiety is and what it feels like and how can one know if they're really experiencing it? 
Okay, great question. Great question. So, you know, we all experience stress, all right? Even there's good stress too. It's not, you know, stress is not always, you know, oh, bad stuff. You know, a bride on her wedding day is experiencing stress while at the same time she's experiencing joy. So anxiety is more like it runs under the surface. And as I said, I didn't recognize when I was, you know, when I was really experiencing a lot of anxiety. I wasn't aware of it. I didn't recognize it because it's almost like it's it's um, an undercurrent under the radar, right? Mm-hmm. So, or or the computer program playing in the background that it's there, and others around you can certainly see it. But you can't because you don't know any different. It's just what you're experiencing, and you constantly are feeling this this. Uh. So the difference between I think stress and anxiety is stress is um, is temporary. Right, uh, you know, we have that fight or flight syndrome. So um, something happens, and you know, oh, you get stressed, and then you come down. You can see this in nature. If you see um, animals, like on, I guess, Animal Planet would be a good place to go see this. You see an animal going after, you know, chasing out a lion, chasing after a gazelle, and the gazelle, you know. Phew, goes off, you know, to get it to safety. And then once it's safe, it shakes. It shakes its whole body because it's shaking off that stress. It's shaking off those stress hormones. What happens is we as humans don't know how to do that. We don't know how to manage the stress and, and bring it back down. So it's this continuous loop over and over, just, you know, looping back into itself. That is what anxiety is is when you're not pressing the pause button or the off button. Mm. I've never heard it described that way before. That's really interesting. So how so how does one know if that's what does that feel like in somebody's body? I mean, I know what it feels like because I have anxiety, but I'm just talking for my audience who maybe isn't really sure. So I would ask if I was talking one-on-one with someone, I would ask um And if your listeners are driving, if you're driving, please don't close your eyes. Um, But if you're not driving, just go ahead and close your eyes for a moment and bring your awareness to your breath without feeling like you have to change it in any way, without judging it. Just bring your awareness to your breath and notice that, ooh, already I bet you are starting to slow things down a little bit. And then just give your body a scan. Maybe you've never done this before. Maybe this is brand new for you. And what does that mean to scan my body? Just bring your awareness maybe to the top of your head. And then start gently, slowly, getting curious to bring your awareness down through your body and notice how it feels. Does it feel balanced and like your energy is moving freely? Are there places where it feels stuck or tense? Maybe your your shoulders are hunched up and you didn't notice it before. Maybe there's a knot in your back. Maybe you have a cramping in a muscle in your leg. Simply scanning and noticing without judging, just getting curious. Okay, that's good. That's and good. how what how, how was that for you, Melissa? Um, I, I always get very uncomfortable when I bring awareness to my body. I've talked about it before. I, I try to meditate, and I have a really hard time um, 
soon as I bring awareness to different parts of my body, I feel very uncomfortable. Like I want to jump out of my skin and I don't know why. Okay. So what, what I would, um, if I can throw two cents on the table and you can pick it up or leave it, um, then I wouldn't have you bring your awareness to your body. I would, if I was, you were, we were talking about meditation, I would say, okay, instead of doing that, what if you simply brought your awareness to your breath? And then when your conscious mind starts running off over there, you bring your awareness back to your breath or a sound meditation. Oh, I hear the sound of my dog in the background. Hmm. Just noticing that. And so bringing your awareness back instead of if it feels uncomfortable going inside your body. But see, that in itself is a real good tell that I'm feeling uncomfortable. Right. Oh, that's great information. Now, how can I feel more comfortable? Right. And then use one of one of my coping skills, strategies, techniques. That's that's really what I'm big on, Melissa, is sharing quick and easy ways to be able to, you know, bring the stress back down. Because if you think of your stress or anxiety on a zero to ten scale, and zero is totally calm, ten is through the roof, when you are Noticing it, oh, as it comes up at like a three or a four, and then you use a tool or a technique to be able to bring it back down, and you keep doing that repeatedly on a daily basis, then it's not going up to those high levels and filling up to overflowing. Good. And I can't, we're going to talk about all of those methods and strategies a little bit later, and I'm excited to find out what they are because I think we can all use those. But first, what I'd like to address is the uptick in anxiety-related complaints from people now as compared to years ago. Like I mentioned, I was a kid raised around an anxiety-ridden family, but as a kid, it appeared to only be within my own family. Not that it was, but that's what I saw. And nowadays, I see it everywhere. Pretty much everyone I speak with complains of the anxiety, even my own children and their friends. And I was just wondering if you know why this is. I imagine it's because the world we live in today is more chaotic and much more stressful than years ago when things seem more simple. But what's your take on that? And I think that we're just, we are on information overload. We don't take the time to just stop and be. And when we are in anxiety. We are, (laughs) what's going to happen? What's going to happen? We're in the future. When we're depressed, we're lamenting over what's happened in the past. So when we're in this constant state of, you know, next more now, next more better, next more now, when we're in that constant state and we're never giving a, a chance to just stop and be, then you know, we're constantly again on the on the screens. I had I had a call with a mother the other day uh, who wanted me to work with her six year old child, and you know there was certainly a very strong component of stress and anxiety with this six year old boy. And I said, well, you know, does uh, what does he like to do? You know, I could have some coloring books for him. And she goes, well, he's a typical six year old. He's you know he's always on screen, and you know, without judging, my perspective is that that's maybe not the healthiest thing. Right. Right? So that the kids aren't just on screen. You know, when you go when you go to Walmart, there's a TV screen right there. You know, so there's like no getting away from it. And then um, really kind of standing on a soapbox here for a minute, our kids, the messages they get in the media are that they are not 
enough. They are not okay. And that gets proliferated through social media. And um, do the kids even read magazines anymore? I don't know. But they're constantly being bombarded with these messages that they have to do more, they have to be more, they have to be better. And so, of course, they're going to feel more anxious. Yeah, of course. And as we, we were actually talking before we got online here, talking about just you know, the extra anxiety that comes with just having blended families with kids bouncing back and forth from house to house or getting caught in the middle of arguments between parents or, you know, just the getting along with a new step parent. It's just causes a lot of anxiety. And also for us adults too, trying to deal with ex-spouses and stepchildren. Correct. Correct. And this is where I think that we can have this really rich, valuable conversation to acknowledge that because I think the acknowledgement is really the first key into uh, moving away from it is to really give yourself permission to say, you know what, this is more stressful than it is for maybe a, um, you know, a traditional family, right? right? Because it does have all these extra layers, um, like the they're like very deep layers. So acknowledging, we you know ooh, we feel like we have to try and do this perfectly. Well, acknowledging that, man, this is tough. But learning some ways to make it not so tough. Learning some ways that are very quick and easy to be able to just like okay, oh, we can make that a little easier. And in doing so. Um, We model, whether they recognize it on a conscious level or not, but when we are uh, working on ourselves, the kids can't help but notice, again, not on a conscious level, but they can't help but notice on a subconscious level, wow, mom's not freaking out so much. Absolutely. True story. I, I <laughs> my kids came. Who you know? My kids are in their uh, mid and late twenties now. Uh, they came. I think it was at Thanksgiving or maybe Christmas. I don't know. Recently, they came and they were joking because they've seen even more of a chilling out in me. And they were like, "Hi, hey, mom. You know, take up smoking weed," <laughs> <laughs> because they've seen me go from this anxious person to yeah, I'm pretty chill. Yeah. Yeah, and the kids definitely are a lot more calmer when they see us calm. We notice that too. You know, Sean and I, on a weekend when we have all the kids, when we're really tense and, you know, anxiety ridden, the kids kind of seem to follow suit and they act out a little bit more versus the times where we're very calm and relaxed and the kids are much more relaxed. So that definitely all plays a part. Don't you think? Oh, definitely. And then as you get more tense, they act out even more and it keeps going back and forth, back and forth like a game of tennis. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, I was raised in a household where the word anxiety was just thrown around a lot. And I was a very anxious kid myself. When we talk about nature versus nurture, I want to know, does that apply here? I'm wondering how much do genetics play a role with anxiety? Are we born with that trait? Is it something that comes out because of the way our childhood is? Or do we learn to model it from watching our anxiety-ridden parents or others close to us while growing up? Was there ever any research done about that? Yeah, they have done research about it, Melissa. And 
bottom line is it's really not a genetic thing. It is more a learned behavior. So as we have anxious parents, and I've had this, man, I've had this borne out like like so cleanly for me so many times over the years where um, like I can think of a man who was in his 50s who had developed a real driving phobia. Like he could not drive on the highway. And the root cause of that was because he was in the backseat of his parents' car when he was a little boy, and I don't remember if it was the mother or the father that was driving on, and they were merging onto the highway, and the one who was not driving flipped the heck out and had this full-blown anxiety panic attack, and this little boy took that on. So he had, you know, all this anxiety, all this anxiety, and it built and built over the years. And the more the uh, experience of anxiety, the bigger it got until finally he couldn't drive on the highway anymore. The great news is once we healed that, he was able to be free again. So it's much more... um, the environment that we're in rather than genetics. Um, Again, if you think about it, you know, as kids, we're little sponges. You know, we don't know anything. Everything up until the age of reason, about six or seven, it's all brand new information. So as we are brought into this world to an anxious parent, um, and I would venture to say, I would venture to say even going back to in utero, you know, if you are this growing, beautiful uh, baby inside a very anxious mother, you're coming into the world with this energy. Gosh. So, you know, I like what you're saying because it it tells us that there's hope, right? Because if it's Mm -hmm. it's a genetic problem, it's harder to fix. Um, But at the same time, it makes makes me feel bad. You know what I mean? For my kids, because I know that I was much more anxious back in the day than I am now. And I feel bad about that because I see the anxiety in, you know, definitely my, my older daughter has a lot of anxiety issues. And I feel that that's probably from me and it makes me feel bad, but it's never too late to fix, right? Right. And I was going to say, if you can take a little bit of that guilt off of you, like take that guilt cape off of you, because you were doing the best you could at the time. And now she has the opportunity to see mom blossoming and letting go of some of that and and transforming that and overcoming that. And your kids are in their teens, right? Yes. What a great age to be modeling this for them. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's really a great age for them to see mom really blossoming and coming into her own. Yes. And, and I want to tell you one of the main reasons I wanted to have you here is because you take a more holistic approach to things. And what I have seen my whole life is doctors that push medications onto people who struggle with anxiety and depression. My own mother was one of them. See, so I was watching her and it really ruined her life for a while. So yes, I'm leery. I'm always leery of doctors who want to prescribe medication first before trying anything else. And please don't misunderstand. I do know that sometimes medication is necessary, but I always feel it's important to try other things first, aside from the possibility of addiction Anti-anxiety pills and antidepressants come with undesirable side effects. Stephanie, what's your opinion here? Do you feel like people are being over-medicated? And if so, why is this happening? 
So I have to walk a fine line here because I can't really, you know, I can't talk uh, directly about medication because, um, you know, I'm not a licensed professional. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I look at it, I take the approach that, you know, if you sprain your ankle or you break your leg and you need crutches for a while, use the crutches, right? And... I know that there are a lot of other natural, holistic ways. And again, you know, I someday I would love to be able to see that we are teaching coping skills to young children because I truly believe with all of my heart that if we were able to teach coping skills to kids when they're young, it would change the trajectory of their life. Even if they come from a very anxious household, if they learn how to self-nurture um, my, I haven't thought about this for a while, but my son, when he was little, sucked his thumb. And so he learned that that was the way for him to self-soothe, right? He would have his thumb in his mouth and he would feel calm. And so that is always my first hope for someone is that they would explore ways to be able to start managing the stress and anxiety in ways that don't have unnecessary, unwanted side effects. Yes. And before we move on, I've got to tell you a quick story. Aside from myself, and I've been offered these types of medications on multiple occasions when I didn't even ask for it, but I have to tell you about my kids. I took my daughter to get a physical about a month ago, and she suffers from anxiety. So I mentioned this to the doctor. It was a new doctor, by the way, her first visit with him. So I'm explaining to him what's going on with her. And he says, how about right in front of her? How about putting her on an antidepressant? And of course, I said no. And I told him I'm I'm very against it due to the fact that addiction runs on both sides of my family. So then, after a few more minutes of talking, he offers her Xanax, and mm. I was horrified. She's only 16 years old, and I again I told him no, thank you. Well, when I left, he hands me a prescription for Xanax anyway, in case I needed it for her. And this is exactly what I mean. He didn't know her, and he didn't really work with me to come up with some alternate solutions for her. And then just recently, right after that, I was at a school meeting for my son who also suffers with bouts of anxiety. And by the way, he's my stepson, not blood related. And we were discussing it with the whole, you know, we were having a little conference in there. And the nurse that was present asked me if I ever thought about giving him Xanax, which Mm. was a bit of a shock since I have heard there is already a problem at that school with kids taking them recreationally and selling them. And again, I'm not judging anyone if you feel a need to put your child on medication. I just think that it's given out so easily. And the other thing I want people to keep in mind is that in many cases, the medication is treating the symptoms of the anxiety, but not treating the actual root cause, meaning that it's a band aid. You're covering up the problem, but you're never really making it go away for good. And I want to know, would you agree with me on that, Stephanie? A hundred percent. I was going to say it's a band aid. Um, and I'm, I'm blanking on the name of her book, but there is a fabulous doctor, an MD. Her name is Kelly Brogan, MD, B-R-O-G-A-N. Uh, she is so into uh, holistic ways to treat depression, anxiety. So I would highly recommend looking into what she has to say. She's she's an amazing medical doctor who's saying, wait a minute, uh, there are natural ways that we can go about this. Um, because, and it's not, you know, I, I, I don't want to say that it's the doctor's fault because 
they are being they are taught in med school that you write a prescription. Yeah. They are being bombarded by the pharmaceutical reps. And so that's the information that they're getting. They're not having people with holistic um, approaches hanging out in the waiting room to say, hey, can I have a few minutes and, and talk to you about this? Yeah, yeah, and it's a shame. And speaking about children, like I said, I notice I notice a lot of children complaining about their anxiety levels these days, and I don't remember that back when I was young. And, you know, again, I have two children myself who struggle, my bio daughter and my bonus son, and it just seems to me that kids cannot deal with stress or problems like we used to. Is that something that you notice in your line of work too? And why do you think that is? Well, again, I think it's because the world is moving so much faster these days. Everything is happening instantaneously, instantaneously. And uh, interesting that this just popped into my mind. This has to be, I don't know, a very long time ago when microwaves were still rather new. And I can remember my mother standing in front of the microwave, tapping on the counter, you know, because it was taking too long to heat up a, a cup of water. And I said, wow. Do you remember when you used to have to go over and fill up the kettle and turn the stove on? And so that was a very long time ago, and things have only gone even faster at warp speed. So when it's constant, go, 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 you've got to unplug. You've got to take those, even again, because I talk so much about these quick and easy coping skills, you've got to be able to just unplug for at least a few minutes on a regular basis throughout the day. And I promise if you would commit to take seven days to do some of these techniques that we're going to talk about, if you would just take seven days, to do these on a regular basis through the day, I promise you would feel results. It's the same concept, Melissa, as we brush our teeth. Well, we brush our teeth on a regular basis to prevent cavities, right? right. So, But we don't do anything to prevent the buildup of stress and anxiety to unmanageable levels. So if we took seven days, took a seven-day challenge to use some of these opportunities to just stop and bring it down, stop and bring it down, then you check in after seven days and notice, well, maybe now I can, maybe now I feel com- more comfortable scanning my body. Wow, maybe I notice that my shoulders aren't up at my ears. Yeah. So I know that most of my listeners are anxiously waiting to hear what they can do. <laughs> you see, my listeners are parents with blended families. And as you can imagine, they are dealing with many issues that cause anxiety, ex-spouses, financial worries, and raising children are just a few of the struggles they have to deal with. Blended families are hard. So let's get into it. What are the approaches that you take to help people manage their anxiety? I know you have different methods, so please share some of those with us. Okay, great. Thank you. So um, if we can just go through a couple of breath techniques... Mm -hmm. If that's like the breath is always with us. So that's why, and you know, um, part of the reason because I'm a yoga teacher and I I know so much about breath through that part of yoga, um, the breath is always with us and it's very easy and quick. So again, if you're you're driving and listening to this, please don't close your eyes. But as long as you're not driving, if you feel comfortable, close your eyes. Otherwise, just let them come to a soft gaze. 
And imagine a beautiful pool of colored energy at the base of your feet. And I'll tell you what we're going to do, and then I'll guide you through it. So don't feel like you have to do it the first time I'm explaining it. So this beautiful pool of energy at the base of your feet, and then we're going to take a three-part breath. You'll Inhale, imagining drawing up that colored energy up through your feet, and we'll inhale just a third of a breath to your knees and pause, and then another third of a breath up to your belly and pause, and then that final third of a breath all the way up to the top of your head and pause, and then ah, exhaling that which no longer serves you. So let's go ahead and do that. And whatever color comes to you is absolutely perfect. So imagine that pool of colored energy at the base of your feet. And imagine that you can breathe it up through the bottom of your feet, just up to your knees and pause. Another third of a breath up to your belly and pause. The final third of a breath up to the top of your head and pause. And then letting go of any stress or anxiety. And doing that again, a third of a breath up to your knees and pause. Another third of a breath up to your belly and pause. That final third of a breath up to the top of your head and pause. And then, ah, nice exhale. And one more time, a third of a breath up to your knees and pause. Another third of a breath up to your belly and pause. The final third of a breath up to the top of your head, hold for a moment or two, and another big exhale of that which no longer serves you. And then let your breath come back to its normal rhythm and notice how you feel. Yeah, more relaxed. Nice. And that was simple. I didn't time it, but it was probably under a minute or under 90 seconds. So this is a simple breath technique that you can do anytime, anywhere. And nobody's going to say, what are you doing? Like, you know, your kids. So first of all, let me say, um, moms and dads, please, please put the oxygen mask on yourself first. Learn these techniques and play with them on your own and then maybe share them with your kids because we want to like, okay, we want to go fix or help our kids, but we need to take care of ourselves first. So once you learn these, maybe you could teach these to your kids and your kids could in a classroom, just do that breath. They could do it with their eyes open if they're afraid they're going to look silly to their teacher or friends if their eyes are closed. But as the kids learn to do these breath techniques as well, but us first, then they can start dipping their toe into the breath brings us into the present moment. They can dip their toe into the present moment here and again later in the day and again later in the day. Right. So did that feel more comfortable, more relaxing for you, Melissa? Yes, yes. That is something that I can do anytime. So absolutely, that that is workable for me. <laughs> well, and it's interesting because if we had, you know, say um, we were in a room with 10 people, um, we would have people come up with probably at least four or five different colors. And we unconsciously, it's too much to get into now, but the colors have a signature vibration to them, which is why I never tell somebody, okay, imagine this color. It's, oh, what color comes into your awareness? So, you know, um, 
blue has uh, very relaxing properties to it. Red has very energetic, powerful properties to it. So all the colors have a different signature to them. And when we do this process, and you imagine whatever that healing color is, now when you see that healing color in other areas of your life without consciously recognizing it, you're on a subconscious level reinforcing that relaxation. Wow. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. So you're actually offering a free download of quick and easy coping skills for stress, anxiety, and fear, which everyone can find at www.4, and that's the number four, copingskills.com. And this is great for both kids and adults. And I'm going to add that link to the show notes. So listeners, I encourage you all to go check that out after you listen to the show. Um, but that is really, really wonderful. And for those, so that, that was a very simple exercise you gave us with the breath. Is there any other simple exercises that we can do in a moment of anxiety, something quick and effective? Is that the best thing is, is go back to the breath? Is there anything else? Um, here's another breath. Another breath technique is to, again, if you feel comfortable, close your eyes. If not, let them come to a soft gaze and bring your awareness to your heart. And imagine that you can breathe in and out of your heart simply without changing the rhythm, imagining breathing in and out of your heart. And then perhaps if, if it comes to you, maybe a color comes in as well. And if not, that's okay. But simply bringing your awareness to this heart breathing, they have done research studies proving that this helps to lower blood pressure and lower anxiety and all kinds of wonderful health benefits from this heart breathing. There is uh, the HeartMath Institute has done amazing research into this. And this is something you can do anytime, anywhere. If you're in the middle of a family argument, you can simply drop your awareness to your heart and imagine, what if you were to imagine being in an argument, either with your whole family or, or just someone in your family, and imagine that you drop down into your heart and imagine that you're breathing in love, exhaling stress, breathing in peace, exhaling anxiety. How might that change the dynamics that were going on in that argument? Oh, for sure. A lot. Absolutely. I'm definitely going to try some of these breathing techniques the next time I'm having a moment, Stephanie. I'm telling you that it's really, really good stuff. Thanks. Thanks. Also, um, the uh, on the four coping skills, mm. one of them is the three-part breath, and then there's three other really amazing quick techniques. So um, I really would encourage you not to feel like you have to do all of them, but play with them and find one or two that really resonate with you, because then you'll do them. And if, you, if I can invite your listeners to take a seven-day challenge, go download that and then really commit to that for the next seven days, you're going to play with these. And I'm not saying like once a day, I'm saying at least maybe five times a day or more because they are that quick and easy. Good. And again, that is www.4thenumber4copingskills.com. Um, Stephanie, we need to wrap up soon, but before we go, can you share any last words of advice or encouragement for my listeners? Or if you want to add anything that we left out, please feel free to share that now. Thanks, Melissa. I would share, be gentle with yourself. We all are dealing with 
who knows what. And as a blended family, you've got a whole nother realm of stress. So be gentle with yourself. Give yourself a break and, and, and maybe let go of some of the judgment and accept that you are a human being who experiences challenges and you can take that first courageous step. And that doesn't have to be a big one. It can be a small one of even if you simply start thinking, hmm, maybe I'll try that three-part breath. Maybe I'll try the heart breathing, but be more gentle with yourself. I love that. That's wonderful advice. And if anyone wants to work with you more closely or learn more about you, how can they find you? Uh, at my website, my name, stephaniedelfonso.com, and hopefully they won't have to figure out how to spell it. Hopefully you'll put it in the show notes. Um, but on there, I've got so many articles where I um, I talk about all of this um, that we've been talking about. I have uh, a, a podcast that's on hiatus, but I had a lot of great interviews there. So there's a lot of free resources on my website. And then if you did want to work with me, go to the work with me page, and it you know tells you all about it there. Perfect. And I will add all of your links in the show notes. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for coming on the show to talk about anxiety. Thank you so much, Melissa. And thank you for your mission because it really is a beautiful mission. Well, thank you. And listeners, if you or a loved one struggles with anxiety, reach out to Stephanie. You don't have to live this way. There are ways to manage it so that you can live a healthy, normal life life. Feedback or questions about today's show can be sent to me, Melissa at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Thank you for listening. And I hope you have an anxiety-free week. Bye everyone. You have been listening to the Blended Family Podcast. For more information, please visit the website at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Remember to create the peaceful home you desire. All you need is love.